Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and our uh, co-host, Carla Joe Helms, will be off today. Uh, but today we'll be talking with Yoni, Yoni Solomon. Sorry about that, Yoni. Uh, Yoni Solomon of G2 Crowd, uh, or G2 now, formerly G2 Crowd, about product marketing. Uh, Yoni is head of product marketing at G2. They are the world's largest marketplace for B2B technology and widely recognized as Chicago's next great unicorn startup. Uh, Yoni has spent nearly a decade launching and enabling new products, features, partnerships, and acquisitions for Chicago's top uh, FAS companies, including Vibes, which raised $45 million in 2016, and Power Review, number 49 on Deloitte's Fast 500 and number one in Chicago. Yoni, stumbled through that, but uh, Yoni Solomon here with us. Thrilled to have you on today. Absolutely. It's great to be here. So before we get into product marketing, and I guess I should say what we're really going to focus on heavy today in product marketing is Yoni's five-step product launch process um, for, I believe, as you described it to me, Yoni, for kind of a repeatable success within product launches and product marketing. Yep, absolutely. It's really a five-step process that companies of really any size can follow in order to build a scalable and repeatable process for launching and building new products. Fantastic. Before we dig into that much, uh, can you tell me about yourself, how you got to, uh, to where you're at there with G2? You're basically, give me your whole life history in, uh, in 30 seconds or less. Yeah, sure. Uh, 30 seconds or less. Let me see if I can. So, you know, I've spent... Or an uh, hour. Yeah, just, you know, as long as you want to take. <laughs> um, I, I've spent, like you said, uh, almost a decade working in product marketing. And, and what's interesting is I actually started in customer success um, at Vibes. Um, started fresh out of school. Uh, in a customer-facing CS role. Uh, and what was nice about that was I, I, always, I always knew I wanted to pivot into marketing. I always knew that I wanted to write and I wanted to be a business storyteller. But really starting on the customer-facing side of the fence um, was great for a number of reasons. Um, one, uh, I learned the platform inside and out. And when you really understand how your technology works and you're really talking to your customers up front about the problems that they're facing each and every day and also the problems that they're trying to solve, quite frankly, uh, it ends up positioning you really well when you make that transition into marketing. And so some of the best product marketers I've actually been around have transitioned from some sort of customer facing role uh, into marketing. And so that's really how uh, I began my career um, from CS. I moved into what was back then just kind of known as marketing at Vibes before it started to take shape into this more specific role that we're going to talk about today called product marketing. Um, you know, at Vibes, I spent about five and a half years uh, building and launching new tools all around mobile marketing and technology for brands and retailers. Uh, and then after that, I pivoted to a company called Power Reviews, where I spent the last two and a half years um, selling ratings and reviews and consumer feedback technology, once again into brands and retailers. Uh, and then about a quarter ago, I think it's, I think it's four months now, uh, I made the move over to G2, formerly known as G2 Crowd, uh, to build out and run their product marketing practice, where um, you know, G2, unlike a variety of other companies, is not only uh, this amazing marketplace for B2B technology brands, but we also um, have a track uh, component, which is essentially a brand new product that helps you um, line item out and track your entire technology stack. So that's not selling to a marketer, right? That's more selling to a CFO or to a finance persona. And then, of course, we have our big research practice, which is taking all of the reviews that we collect and pulling those into social content that brands can share and also into insight reports so that brands can get a better understanding of their pricing and their packaging and why customers are leaving. And so 
you know, what I'm doing here essentially with G2 is building a repeatable product marketing playbook that works for all of those different business units. So that no matter how different they are, and no matter how different the personas are, we can lean back on the same process, the same cadence, so that sales has an understanding of the products we're building, who we're selling them to, the tools they can use, and then ultimately when they can get started selling. Interesting. I'm familiar with G2 Crowd, the, uh, the, the previous brand, again, now known as G2, as basically a software as a service review site. Exactly. Um, when you guys refer to it as a marketplace, it seems like you're a lot more than just a review site now. Yeah. So really the, the big goal of G2 is to build this ultimate marketplace where businesses can discover, buy, and manage the right software and solutions for them. And so really when you think about those on three pillars, uh, the discover piece is really compelling in that we have this huge marketplace, 750,000 reviews that we've collected across, I think it's 80,000 products at this point in 1600 categories. I mean, the marketplace is growing dramatically. And really what that does is it helps businesses of any kind, right? Go online, find the right tools for them, reference those reviews, get an understanding of customer experience, pricing and implementation experience. And then with our new track product, once you've actually bought the tools that you're using and they're part of your technology stack, Basically, G2 Track enables customers to sync their finance or single sign-on or accounting systems with Track and get a full understanding of all of the tools in their technology stacks so they can really do a number of things, right? They can detect shadow IT. Perhaps your, your sales team has provisioned apps that like the team has lost track of, right? That happens with every business. Um, but you can also consolidate duplicative software if you have different departments buying sort of you know, tools that more or less do the same thing. You can also um, hone in on sort of duplicative, um, duplicative logins and licenses and provisions. You know, we all have too many Salesforce provisions and logins, right? So it's really helping you streamline your entire technology stack. And what that really starts to do for G2 is it positions us as being way more than just a review site for B2B technology. It almost becomes this platform of record uh, in your entire sort of technology stack business dashboard that can be managed through. Oh, very interesting. I'll have to I'll check it out again. I was, again, only familiar with the, the review side of things. That sounds very cool. Um, let's jump straight into the product marketing now. Uh, can you, or I guess, let's do some sort of bridge between the two. Can you tell us kind of what your day-to-day -day there is like at uh, G2? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, there's, there's all these different facets to G2's business because we really do sell into all these different personas. And so, you know, our marketplace, we're primarily selling into digital marketers, demand gen marketers, salespeople in some instances. Um, our research and content practice is really tailor-made for competitive Intel, analyst relations executives, and even product marketers like me. Uh, and then the last piece of our business is really this G2 track component, which sells into CIOs, CTOs, finance and VP executives. And what that's really created is this need for us to constantly be launching um, new products. And so when I came on, really my goal from day one was to put together a foundation for the way that we roll out products for all of these different business units to really you know, help sales keep track of the new things that we're rolling out, help them understand better the tools and the problems that we're solving, and really make this process seamless from the point where a product manager has an idea for a product they want to solve, all the way through the very end when we're actually enabling sales to take that product and run with it to market. And so it's my job on a day-to-day -day basis to get an understanding of the tools that products is building and the needs in the pipeline that sales needs to generate. And I essentially bridge the gap between the product and the technology side and the sales and the CS side. And so that's really what makes 
you know, product marketing so interesting as a practice is that we're, even though product marketing, product marketing is our title, we, we're not quite sales, you know, we're not quite marketing and we're not quite product, but rather we live at the intersection of all three. So when you say five-step product launch process, the first thing that comes to mind to me is, oh, so um, Yoni's planning parties here. Uh, he's, it's, it's the product launch, right? That's what I think a lot of people think of, maybe not our listeners, but when you hear product launch, you think, oh, that's the, the announcement, right? The PR company puts out an announcement and you have the big party and you say, we, well, you can buy our product now. And then, you know, that's the launch. Sure. I feel like what you're doing, or maybe I'm leading a little bit, but, uh, I understand what you're doing is a bit different. It's not, so we should cross like product launch party out of our minds, right? Now, granted, I look, I love a nice product <laughs> launch party as much as anybody. Uh, and we certainly have had a couple of big product marketing launch parties for when a tool goes live. And I actually think that, you know, beyond just like the hard skills of launching a product, having some sort of big company events to follow a product launch is actually something that's really good. It brings everybody together. It gets your sales and your CS teams excited. And so there's definitely a role of that in, in the launch process, but I would definitely say as far as the five-step process, I mentioned before that we live at the intersection of product and sales and marketing. And so this five-step process actually weaves all of those teams together because you really can't go to market without all of them. And so right. when people ask me, you know, what's, what's product marketing's role in the launch process? Are you guys, you know, the people sending out the emails or putting out the social ads? Not quite, but what we are doing is providing um, the digital marketing and social marketers, the tools that they need to launch those campaigns. And so the next question will people ask me is, oh, so you guys are, you know, you guys are getting on the phone and you guys are selling in products, right? I'm like, ah, not quite. But the Wait, same let me guess. The third question they're asking is, what the hell do you guys do then? Right, yeah. So they always <laughs> say, well, you know, if you're not putting up the social ads and you're not getting on the phone and, and selling to people, then, you know, what exactly is product marketing doing? And I think what's nice about this five-step process is it makes it very clear um, what product marketing's role is from end to end to build and launch a product. And it also, I think, marks some clear differentiation for what exactly you're going to need from your product team, what exactly you're going to need from your sales team, and actually, quite frankly, what you're going to need from the rest of your marketing team. And all of those are distinct. Right. So the different ingredients I feel like we're dealing with here, you, you mentioned, you just mentioned all three of them. You got your product, your marketing, and your sales. Yep. And you guys kind of tie all those together. You, Absolutely. The product development, are you involved somewhat in the product development as well, I feel like? So not in the development in terms of, you know, we're not the ones creating the sprints and telling people what they need to build, but certainly in our launch process, um, I think a best-in-class organization that's building and launching products has product marketing involved as soon as possible. And so really, let's say, you know, a problem has been elevated to the product team that can be filled with a technology solution, right? Like at its most basic fundamental sense, like that's, that's what happens when we decide to build a new product. Product marketing should be involved at that moment and should be so in tune with like the needs and the pain points of your customers and also the market that we should be able to help gut check with the product team, whether this is a viable idea, whether this solves a problem that we're hearing consistently. And if it does, how do we start to put messaging in place to communicate right. that? So you guys are there to make sure the, the problem they're solving can actually be marketed and sold kind of. Totally. Totally. Awesome. Let's jump into, um, that's what you got to tell people that <laughs> cut out all those other questions. Um, 
stop them from coming back uh, with one after the other. Uh, let's jump into the five-step product launch process. Um, really excited to kind of see what that is, what you guys have there. Can you just list the five out for us and then we'll start mowing them down? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, this has been sort of created by me over the course of a decade, you know, building and launching products. Some have worked, some have, some haven't, quite frankly. Um, and the reason for this five-step process is that, you know, in, in marketing and especially in product marketing, things, things often get crazy, right? You have a variety of different stakeholders that you're responsible for helping. Um, the organization, especially here at G2, moves fast. All these different business units are running forward with their own plan of action. And what I tell myself and what I tell my team is that when things get crazy, what we do is we fall back on process. Process helps align everybody. It helps set clear and defined goals. It helps set timelines. And ultimately, it helps you pinpoint exactly where you are in a launch and what needs to happen next. And so the five steps I'm going to walk everybody through today are starting with step number one is ideation. From ideation, step number two is build. And we're going to go into what all these mean in a moment. Um, See, people think I already have all this stuff, but you see me writing stuff down. It's like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just getting this. <laughs> After build, step three is a step we like to call soft launch. And then after soft launch, what we like to call step four is product to go to market. And finally, what we'll spend a little bit of time talking about at the very end is step five, which is go to market continued. And so all of these are, are equally important. Um, and I will say that they have different stakeholders and they have different needs and expectations from stage to stage. And so, you know, why don't we start with the first step, which is ideation. You know, we've all sat in ideation meetings, even if we may not have known we were actually sitting in one of those. You know, typically it's a, a salesperson or a CS person who's got a really good pulse on the needs and pain points of your customers and your prospects and is elevating, maybe it's a product gap or it's an opportunity to fix something or launch something new. Uh, a need has been identified, perhaps it's been requested by your customers or by your salespeople. And you know, I think this need is something that we can actually fix and plug with technology. Maybe this is an opportunity to build something new and differentiate ourselves. So ideation is really when that stage happens. And I, you know, in my experience, it's really come from two ends. It's either sales or CS elevating an issue and, you know, product then prioritizing it for build or, you know, product managers each and every quarter are tasked with finding new opportunities to build and, you know, innovate and enhance your product. So oftentimes it's a product manager actually coming to us, scheduling a meeting with product marketing to say, Hey, you know, I think I've really got something here. And so in the ideation phase, what you'll typically see is, you know, a lean canvas that's being put together. Um, normally you'll have a kickoff meeting. That's usually a product manager, perhaps a couple people from product marketing and maybe a lead developer. So you guys are already involved at that point. I mean, this is the idea. Yeah. Somebody said, I've got a great idea or, Hey, we need to fix this problem. Here's how we can do it. Totally. And, then, and then you guys are in on, yeah. on that step already. And in some cases, you know, maybe they'll come to us with a fully baked lean canvas of like, look, here's what we think this could look like. Or they're trying to just have a brainstorm with us to say, do you guys think this is a viable idea? Um, I feel like it's the, if you've ever gone to a startup event, when the people come up and pitch their ideas, um, basically these are the people pitching their startup idea. And then you product marketing people are the ones sitting there saying it's not going to work because of this, of this, of yeah, it's, this. It's a, little, it's a little bit like Shark Tank. And like more yeah. often than not, you know, the, the product managers are really tuned in. And, and more, more often than not, it's a really great idea. But it's our job to sort of be in there as a stakeholder and help gut check, you know, what exactly we're thinking about doing here. So uh, if it's Shark Tank, who are you in the, uh, in the group there? 
I'm definitely not the go or no go, but I'm definitely an influencer. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the guy who like sits to the side off camera and, 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 you know, kind of looks at Mark Cuban and, and kind of gives uh, him a quick thumbs up or thumbs down. If I think it's a good idea. Or I not. was just waiting for you to say, I'm Mr. Wonderful. Obviously. Yeah, right? Come on. <laughs> but you know, like at, at this point, what I usually like to do in the ideation phase is, you know, because we're oftentimes talking about ideas that are pretty fluid and can change literally by the moment. I like to start hammering down some real, um, specifics around what we're talking about. And so typically in a kickoff meeting like this, I'll start to draft up some technical FAQs. So they're like, Hey, I got an idea. Like, here's what I think we could do. It's my job to bring that conversation back down to earth. I'm like, all right. So in the most technical of senses, like what, what are we building here? What problem is it solving? How do you envision this would work? And when do you think you could start to roll this out? And what's the number one reason things get shot down? Well, is it just, you say, Hey, there's no market for that, or there's not a big enough audience or yeah that's a that's a great question i think more often than not the very few times i've said no to a new product development idea is if i didn't think we properly vetted it with customers and prospects um there's a difference i think between having a great idea and between having a great idea that actually solves a problem that we're hearing about that people want yeah yeah it's the issue of being ahead of your time people like oh wow he's so great he's ahead of his time that's not really great to be ahead of your time that's still means you didn't succeed in, in solving the problem wasn't there yet that's a totally. and you know as a product marketer i would never say like let's let's only build the things that our customers are asking for i, I think there's this like amazing quote from henry ford that said something like you know if i had listened to exactly what the people had wanted me to build I, they would have you know, i would have built faster horses rather than a car so i yeah, think yeah. You know, taking i think that- um i think Jobs said something like i'll tell people what they want something like that totally and i think that that creative leap is important as a product marketer, but at the same time, let's, let's hammer down some technical FAQs that in a sense force the product manager to really think through what they're trying to build here. Uh, and the next step that I like to build in right in that ideation phase is actually some KPIs because I think that helps make it real. So we have a new product. Here's the problem that it solves. Here's what I think it could do. Here's how I think it could work. The next question that I'm going to ask is what's the key performance indicator for you know, a successful launch? Is it new revenue? Is it customer adoption? Is it, is it some sort of hard metric around differentiation? I think when you start to think through the goal right up front in stage one at ideation, you can essentially start to work backwards, right? And retrofit like the right product launch and approach into the goal that you're trying to actually achieve here. So I encourage everybody out there, if you're, if you're struggling with new product adoption and you really wanna, you wanna launch some new things and differentiate your brand, I encourage you to start with some high level goals and then essentially deconstruct those goals backwards and work within, of course, this product marketing framework to get there. But that's typically what I like to do. That is an awesome tip. I've seen companies fail or startups fail and uh, from that, a breakdown in that. I'd never quite identified it, but it seems like they, maybe they had a good idea. It totally could be done, but you're not going to make everything in the first build. It's not going to be your finished forever product in the first build. And if you make the wrong functions, the wrong features, the wrong, you know, whatever part it is, you may kind of have the product, but you don't have the pieces that are actually going to achieve those KPIs. You know, you don't have the, the ability to onload as many people as you needed to or whatever it is, because there's some other sexy thing that really wasn't critical for the KPIs that you built out instead. And then you end up failing just because you didn't get the right stuff in the first build. Yeah. And then you end up running and, you know, by the time you're in stage four, which is you're going to market, all of a sudden a member of the executive team says, well, what's, what's the goal again of this launch? What are we trying to do? And 
at that point, you're either going to look silly because you don't have your goals or you're going to try to madly work backwards and try to find what those goals are and squeeze them in without much thoughts. And then yeah. I think, you know, six months later or a year later, it's virtually impossible to make a judgment call on whether it worked or not, right? Unless it was a wild success. Trying so, to justify why you did things wrong from the start is a really difficult totally, profession too. Totally. And so I encourage everybody to think about KPIs in stage one. And then some other things to think through from a product marketing perspective. Uh, I know it's a little bit early, but actually in the ideation phase, I like to start thinking through pricing. What do we think we could charge for this? Because I think when you start to think about realistically what you could attribute this to in terms of revenue, whether it's like what you're going to charge on the customer side of the fence, what you're going to charge for new business, it makes it easier to essentially work backwards into those KPIs when you put like a hard revenue number behind what you think you could charge. And obviously, this stuff is all pretty fluid at this point. It can change as you get more information, as you get closer and closer to launch, you're just going to have more and more information to adjust things and, and whatnot. Totally. And then, you know, the last two pieces that I would encourage people to think about in stage one of ideation, I know it's early days, but start thinking through some product names. Product names always take you way longer than you think. And if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, you would be shocked that by the time you're ready to go to market, people are still arguing about what the names could be. So I encourage people to start thinking about product names before you head into build. All right. Yeah. Just, just also, it's good about, to let them, um, let them percolate a little bit. You come up oh, with a lot of product names, you have some yeah. favorites, and then later you realize your favorite really sucked. And uh, right, while you're thinking right. after you slept on it for a couple of weeks, you, you come around to a much better version. Yeah. Um, that, uh, moving on, I want to make sure we get through all five of these steps. Build. Can we, uh, can we jump yeah. up to build? Yeah, absolutely. So build, at this point, you've sat in ideation, right? You've decided that this is a problem that your team is going to solve with a technology solution, right? We're now moving forward. You've started to think about KPIs. You started to think about pricing. You've started to go through a value proposition exercise where all of a sudden you're building out some like top line messaging. You know, here at G2, we like to call it a messaging house. And it's a, it's a very simple messaging architecture that says, you know, product X, hopefully at this point you have a name you're working with, does you know, this is what product X does in a statement. Here's what that product tagline could be. Here are the three to five value propositions that roll under, you know, that overarching statement to prove exactly what it does. And so that message house is an internal document that essentially informs all of the tools that you're going to build out once you go live. So in my mind, you are building the product at that stage, and that's probably also going on, but you're talking about the marketing side build. You're kind of building the messaging. Totally. So as the team is starting to build from a development standpoint, in my mind, marketing starts to go through our own development process, which is building out messaging architecture. And that messaging is essentially going to inform your landing pages, your press releases, your blog posts. Your team should not be free writing any of that stuff, right? That should all come from a single blessed document that your executive team has looked over, that your CMO has looked over, that product has approved, so that everything that you write going into your go-to-market phase is on message 100% of the time. Fantastic. And yeah. are we good with build? Can we move on to three? Yeah. I think the last thing with build is typically I like to have some sort of product marketing announcement or like whether a team does like a quarterly all hands. But if you're in build phase, start to tease out the fact that you're building this product. I think mm -hmm. a common mistake for development and marketing teams is that they wait a little bit too long to let people know things are being built. And it's this, it's this balancing act, right? Because you don't want your sales team to start running ahead and selling things that don't exist yet. But I do think at the build phase, it's okay to start letting people know that something's in the pipes. You're looking to create a little buzz within the company, outside the company, Absolutely. everywhere. 
I think internal buzz is just as important as external buzz because without that, you're really not going to have people sort of bursting at the seams to get out in front of customers and prospects to sell this thing. I guess also internally, once you have your messaging or you think you have your messaging down and, and whatnot, when you release that out to your team, you might get feedback that helps you tweak that messaging a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great lead into soft launch um, because that's exactly the phase where you should be thinking about that kind of stuff. So I think out of all five of these product marketing launch bases, I think soft launch is the least used and the least appreciated. Why? Because it's really hard. Uh, and also if a customer doesn't necessarily see value in the product, it's a hard pill for product and marketing teams to swallow because at that point, soft launch is your go or no go. If you're having right. a difficult time selling in, you know, a soft launched product into your beta group for free, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble selling it into the market. And so this is, this is a very difficult phase. And sometimes it can, it can add a layer of complexity, especially if like customers aren't necessarily interested in the product in its current state, you have to go back and you have to iterate, but that's exactly why this phase is so important because not only should you be going back and essentially iterating on the product based on, based on customer feedback, to me, it's a great opportunity to get on the phone with customers and test out messaging. Does the name of the product resonate with your customers? Is the way that we're positioning this product actually relevant to them? Are we, are we hitting on the right pain points and the value props to get a customer just like them to sign on? These are questions, if you have great relationships with your customers, that you should feel really comfortable asking. Because at the end of the day, you're going to take that same insight in the same way that your development team and your product team is fixing and tweaking the product that's a great opportunity for me to go back and tweak my slides, tweak my landing pages to make sure that everything converts as highly as possible when we go to market. Yeah. And I, we don't see it much in, in B2B products, but I guess how many times have we seen with consumer products, it's the same exact product and marketing just keeps tweaking how they're messaging it. And eventually it clicks. Totally. You know, eventually like this isn't a floor cleaner, it's a mouth cleaner. Right. <laughs> and then, and then they're wealthy. Yeah, um, it's fluid and you don't need to do a lot for your soft launch phase, right? Like you, you got to find a beta group of customers who are willing to test with you. And then really all you need for your relationship managers or for your account managers is a couple slides, maybe a quick one pager, just enough content for them to be able to get on the phone and get someone to use this tool for free. But I don't think you need as much content uh, as companies often think before heading into a beta phase. Now, if you, I guess if you're an established company, it's, this product probably feeds off other products you have and you can go to existing customers, that kind of thing. Totally. Um, but if you're a startup, you've, you've got to get out there and kind of scare up some people. Yep, exactly. And then, you know, from there, once you've gone through your ideation, you've gone through your build, you've gone through your soft launch or your beta phase, you're then ready to go into what we like to call product GTM or product go to market. We're going yeah. to market now. Okay. Yeah, we're going to market. Before we go to market, Oh man, I'm stepping on my own uh, transition now. Before we go to market, let's go to break. Um, we'll be back in just a minute and then we'll go over the uh, product go to market and the go to market continued uh, phases. The If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data. And at Mountaintop Data, we're all about data for B2B marketing. Our goal is to improve the quality, depth, and coverage of our clients' targeted marketing data while removing the technical pain of accessing and implementing data. We help with everything from new target contacts to appending and cleaning existing data, all with the goal to free you and your team up to focus on creating great marketing experiences. Check us out online at mountaintopdata.com and sign up for our new top data search tool and get free access to search our database of over 30 million business contacts. Use the code hashtag IYM when signing up and get 200 free credits. 
Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. Today, we have Yoni Solomon with us talking about product marketing. We are right on step four of the five steps to product launch process. I'm sure you say it a lot smoother than I do. Five-step product launch process. Yeah, absolutely. So we've gone through ideation. We found a problem, right? We're ready to solve it with a technology solution. We've built out that technology solution. We've built out our messaging. We have tested that product and that messaging with our customers. Now it's time to go to market. I think if you were to you know, ask 100 people right on the sales and customer success side, what exactly a product launch is, most if not all of them will identify the entire launch with this phase right here, which is go to market. The party. It's the yeah, party. Yeah, the party, exactly. <laughs> you're, actually, you're putting the keys in the ignition, if you will. You're turning on your landing pages. You're updating your websites. You're getting a press release out there, maybe a blog post. Um, you're probably sending out a bunch of emails to your customers and prospects. This is where you drum up demand and you let everybody know, hey, we have a brand new thing. And depending um, on the product, you might actually have a party, right? Or you might have a trade yeah. show you're launching it at, or Absolutely. you might have some other related thing that you can, uh, that it, that it actually manually launches out at, uh, versus the, the online launch that, uh, yeah. that so many of these kind of products do. And I think that's a really great point in that it's important to differentiate in this space between your external activities, which are your landing pages, your blog posts, your emails, your social posts, right. And internal, which is training and an enablement. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I would say internal launches would, in, you know, encompass a party of some kind to get everybody excited and let them know that this is a big milestone in the history of the company. You'd also probably launch at a trade show if something aligned really well, but then also you're going to go through the process of training and enabling your teams. And when I think about the reason that B2B product marketing launches either succeed or fail, uh, I think it's because the internal launch often isn't thought through, um, as cohesively as it could be, or, you know, you go deep on all of your demand gen efforts. And at the end of the day, your sales team isn't excited that this new product is available. And they also don't feel like they're educated and ready to sell it. There's a big difference between sending out a demand gen email and then asking a rep of yours to get on the phone and talk about a product that they're not necessarily comfortable with. So marketing does the, the build of the messaging and the soft launch is really selling sales on the product, kind of making sure they're, they're in and interested and hopefully excited to, for the opportunity to sell that product. And that they also know how it works. You, you really can't have oh, yeah. another, right? Like you're, you're this, for me, this is one of the most important phases that product marketing can own, which is getting up in front of your sales and your account managers, right? And actually educating them on what the product is, how it works, the problems that it's solving and rolling out the tools that are available. This is a really good practice for us. You know, historically marketers have been behind the scenes. And I think as product marketing continues to elevate right within organizations, your ability to get in front of the sales team and sell in your own product is a make or break skill for, for great product marketers. Yeah. I guess the Vin Diesel school of selling of just asking them who wears the pants in their relationship and then, uh, um, you know, asking for the credit card isn't exactly how it goes. You kind of need to know the product so you can actually help the customer get what they need. Totally. Uh, to, to make the sale. Totally. And if, and if you don't know it, and if you're not confident in your messaging, it's, it's a long shot to expect that your sales team is going to feel like they can just take it and run with it. Uh, and then back to the, uh, the soft launch again, it's going to be really difficult if you don't sell them on being excited about selling it to get them to know it. Exactly. They may kind of read over the materials, but they're not going to know it the way they need to know it to, to successfully sell it. Totally. And for the sales team, you know, they're, they're looking to make money, right? They're looking to build pipeline they're going to sell the things that they know that they can sell at the end of the day in order to hit yep. their numbers. And if they don't feel confident in your product and your message, 
and the campaigns that you've built out, you're not going to find a lot of new product adoption, right? Like this is, this is the human element, the soft skills element of a product launch. And so, you know, when we enter this phase, what I really like to do is I like to have an all hands meeting with the entire sales and CS team. I like to walk them through that training myself, answer any questions that they have. And then what I'll usually do is follow up with an exam or a training certification that they need to pass uh, in order to start selling that product. When you first start out, uh, kind of a tangent of a question, but do you typically see additional incentives for salespeople to pick up the new product or does it kind of just put right in line with the product line? Yeah, it really depends. You know, I, I've, I've been in launches where it's an entirely new persona, an entirely new product, right? It's so different um, that you'll probably put together like a spiff, right? For the sales team to get them excited. Um, but I've also been involved in launches where quite, quite frankly, like we, we didn't want to pull together any special incentives and we, we really wanted this to not feel special in a sense or new or different. Like this is part of the suite and you should be expected to sell this in to, like you do with the rest of the more established products. I think it really depends on the situation. You can go both ways. Um, I think when the product is especially different, when it feels like a totally different business, totally different persona, maybe then you could put together a spiff or two if you want to try you know, you want to drive pipeline to that as soon as possible. You but, want to motivate uh, salespeople. They, motivate, yeah. You got to motivate salespeople. It really depends. Yeah. So if they're not already kind of built into to the line, then you might need to do something extra there. Totally. Totally. Um, so then going uh, to the go to market continued, yeah. I imagine it's not just, and then you keep going. There's uh, there's some other aspects here. Yeah. So I think the tricky part about this five-step process is that you're, you know, if you're a rocket, I think a rocket uses up like 80% of its fuel, just trying to leave, you know, the atmosphere. Right. And so you're using up like 80% of your fuel from ideation to build, to soft launch, to go to market. But really that's when the work just begins. And the reason that B2B products often don't succeed is because most companies are really focused on steps one through four. And then it's time for step five, and they essentially launch this product, they throw it out into the atmosphere, and they never come back to it. This is where the real work begins, right? Like you need to start putting together webinar programs and email drip campaigns. You know, the demand gen and customer marketing teams aren't, they're not going to know what to do with this once it goes live. You need to be able to give them a constant stream of content and case studies and testimonials so they can build campaigns around these products. If you're not getting out in front of this and building out a six-month plan, for how you're going to drive new campaigns and new revenue and new pipeline right back to this product. Ultimately in a year when your CEO asks you for revenue and adoption numbers, I just don't think they're going to be there. Right. So in the rocket analogy, this would be the, the little boosters that help you actually navigate once you get up there. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Really like now you're in space, right? Like it's one thing to get into space, but now you got to get to Mars, right? If, if no one's driving the spaceship at that point, you, all you've done is really get into the atmosphere. You so go to pray it's pointing in the right direction and going to do everything on its own. And totally. it doesn't yeah. normally work that way. It's really just, it's not enough to launch phases one through four and then just hope everything works out. You have to be continuously building new programs around these products. And that way you're going to know right, pretty quickly within the like, first six months, how many, you know, how many MQLs have you driven through this new product launch? How many customers have had upsell conversations around it? How much revenue influence can you attribute to this new product launch? Is it, is it working? Like those are the hard questions in the go-to-market continue phase that product marketers need to be asking themselves. Right, so that the game's not over after the party, basically. I mean, people think you, you've made all this planning and whatnot, but it's all fluid and it's getting a little less fluid all the time. But then once you launch, you really find out, you know, now you have the actual in the real world environment test going on. All the other stuff was kind of practice and prep. And you're definitely going to need to make adjustments. You're totally definitely, right. You might need to make complete iterations and pivots. And, but if, if you're not 
paying attention after that launch and willing to to look at it, I guess, and say, hey, this might need some adjustment. Uh, you, I, who knows? It's got to be an extremely small percentage of products that launched and were done. Maybe the Frisbee. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even the Frisbee they've iterated on since then. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, I, would, I would argue that after stages one through four, in a sense, your, your work is just beginning. And, and you have to remember that products, your product managers are going to be building in new features and new capabilities into that product, right? So like in a sense, the clock gets restarted. We go back to ideation, but now we're doing an ideation build, soft launch, and go to market for features around that product rather than the product itself. Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, a lot of those initial steps that you said are building, burning up a lot of the fuel are the areas that uh, when people ask you what you do, they're not even really realizing that marketing is involved in those steps. Totally. Um, I think you guys are planning the party, but that's about it. Right. Um, so then you're, you're circling back to those, uh, to those steps again, over and over again. Um, maybe not so much the ideation, I guess, but uh, you're, you're going to keep, keep making those just adjustments over time. Yeah. Um, speaking of time, we have been burning through time here. I cannot, you got to cut this down to like three steps so we can, uh, so we can fit more, um, more uh, random talk time in here. But uh, there's a couple things I want to get uh, get through f here for you before before we have to wrap it up. Um, anything else you want to throw out there about this about this process before we move on? Yeah, you know I think it's going to look and feel different for every company, right? This is this process is meant to be expansive enough that an enterprise company can use it to roll out major features, but it's also meant to be lean enough for a startup that's just figuring out new products and new features to be able to use as well. So really tailor and make it your own in a sense. Every team is different, every process is different, but as long as you keep your sort of true north as these five phases, you're never gonna get lost in a product launch. Very loose framework, yeah. I guess one last question for me, time frame. Is there a typical time frame to go through these five steps? Oh man, you know, it really all depends. Um, I have been through this, this time frame for a major launch of an entirely new business in about four weeks and that felt really, really fast. And then there are others where, you know, this could take up to two months. You know, I think like ideally you would, you, you don't want to rush this process. And so if someone's asking you to turn this around in a week or two, I think you need to revisit timeline just to make sure you can cover all of your spaces. But I would say, you know, an ideal product launch happens in about six weeks for a fast moving um, SaaS technology company. Fantastic. I want to get out a couple things here. For you, if anybody's looking for uh, Yoni Solomon of G2, you can find him on LinkedIn just by putting in his name. I think we say this on every episode. We're not giving out the link. Just put in somebody's name. You can find him pretty easy. Uh, Y-O-N-I Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N, or check the show notes on our site, ifyoumarket.com. Also, uh, G2, uh, formerly G2 Crowd, is at sell.g2.com. Um, Yoni, anything else you want to put out there as far as contact info, anything you guys have coming up, any uh, product launches you want to announce, anything like that? Um, you know, we, we've always got some major product launches uh, in the works, but I would encourage everyone on this, on this who's listening today, uh, I'm an open book. If you ever want to connect via LinkedIn and have ask some questions around the product marketing launch process, um, product marketing is something I'm, I continue to evangelize. I think more companies need more of it. Uh, at every phase, whether you are a fast-growing startup, whether you're mid-market looking to steal, you know, sort of market share from established enterprise companies, or whether you're the leading enterprise provider in your space, um, please feel free to reach out. I, I love to talk. I love to answer any questions. Uh, and thanks for listening today. Awesome. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. Everybody listening, you can find the show notes on this show uh, and more information on Yoni Solomon at ifyoumarket.com. 
And uh, please share the podcast on social media. Tell your friends all that kind of good stuff. And on behalf of the Ify Market team and Yoni Solomon of G2, thank you for listening to the Ify Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with product marketing, they will come. All right, and we're out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.